بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يحده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فإن أحسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار So this is the third lesson on the topic of the good life as described in the Quran and in the previous lesson we started looking at the world, the dunya and how the Quran has described the reality of the world to us, uh, the words which it has used, and also the parables which it has given. So we established that the world is simply a mata', which is a place of uh, enjoyment or amusement, and it has been described also as la'ib, which is play, and lahu, which is again idleness and amusement and play, and uh, we mentioned some of the parables that were given with respect to the Qur'an and the parables of how uh, the water produces vegetation and plants and how those plants eventually they become dry, they become yellow, they wither, they die and then they are scattered by the wind and they become nothing. And so this is the parable which has been given in numerous ayat of the Qur'an. Likewise, the world has been described with simply being five things, it is, it is la'ib, as we said, play, lahu, which is idleness and amusement, and, you know, adornment and beautification, azina, and likewise it is people boasting, mutual boasting, you know, with respect to each other, in terms of possessions and wealth and offspring, mutual boasting, and likewise trying to compete with each other in acquiring you know, wealth, and likewise in the number of offspring. This is all the world is, as we mentioned uh, from the, the various ayat. And likewise, we looked at how the life of a believer does not emanate from the dunya. Rather, it emanates from iman and righteous actions. And this is the essential difference between a disbeliever and a believer. The life of a believer is based upon Iman. Iman and taqwa and righteous actions. This is true life. And that's what the rest of the book will be discussing. Whereas the life of a disbeliever, it springs only from, from the dunya. So it is only just the, the physical, mechanical, you know, the, the biology and the chemistry of everything, you know, the material aspect of it. There's no Iman. There's no taqwa. There's no you know, righteous deeds built upon Iman and Tawheed. Uh, so this life is just the, the life of this world. It's not the true and real life. We also spoke about love of the world and how love of the world, Hubbu dunya, how it has been uh, rebuked in the Qur'an and criticized. And we mentioned numerous ayat in that respect. And... Um, we also, yes, yeah, so we looked at all that, and today we're going to continue then, inshallah ta'ala, 
Uh, today's section is it's on page 27, and this is speaking about Azina wa-taraf wal-ightirar bi-dunya fil-Qur'an. So this is a continuation, we're still speaking about the world, and so in this section we're going to look at how the Qur'an speaks about the zina, you know, the, 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 the glitter and the beauty in the world, and likewise the issue of luxury and affluence. Affluence meaning having abundant, plenty of, of riches and property and so on and so forth. And also becoming deceived by way of the world. This is discussed in many, many ayat, and we're going to uh, look at this. So the first point is that in these ayat, Allah Azawajal, the, the ayat that we're going to be mentioning, Allah Azawajal has warned the believer from turning towards the world, from inclining towards the world. And he's notified us in these ayat that the world has a zina, there are basically things in the world which are glitter, they are alluring, they're going to entice you, they are going to play upon your your shahawat, your desires, your emotions. And likewise, he also has spoken about the the abundance which exists in the world. The abundance in terms of you know the riches, as we mentioned, the various possessions, the world is full, full of riches. And th- th- this is something that the people will be deceived by. This is something that the people are going to be deceived by, by the glitter and the abundance of the world. So the intelligent person, the intelligent person, the Qur'an is appealing to the intelligent person. The intelligent person is going to be warned and he is going to take caution. He is going to take caution. However, at the same time, the Qur'an also notifies us that not every type of zina, not every type of mal is blameworthy. So again, this goes back to the same point which we mentioned at the end of the previous lesson, when we spoke about Qarun. Qarun was a minister of Fir'aun. He was actually from Bani Israel. And he was a minister in the court of... of uh, yeah, he, was, he was a minister. And he had plenty of riches and wealth. And the advice that was given to him, as we see in the Qur'an, in which Allah he, uh, he, you know, he was ordered that... Uh, from whatever you have been given of wealth and so on and so forth, seek the hereafter. Seek the hereafter. But do not forget your portion in the world. So we said that we strike a balance in terms of wealth. That with the wealth that we have, then we ought to seek the hereafter with it and not neglect the hereafter. And at the same time, we shouldn't neglect you know, the, the portion of the world. We are allowed to enjoy the portion of the world. So similarly here, the point that we is being made again, that even though Allah has warned about the glitter and the aliwa and the um, you know the the abundance that exists in the world and not to be deceived by it, at the same time, not every zina, not every mal, not every wealth, not every possession, not every beautification has actually been um, prohibited. In the world, and we can see this very, very clearly in a number of ayat in the Quran. So, for example, uh, Allah Zawajal has made many, many things permissible for us from the affairs of this world. 
and one of them is beautiful dress, you know, beautiful clothing, and likewise uh, wholesome food. In Surah Al-A'raf, Surah 7, verse 32, Allah Zawajal, He says, قُلْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَ لِعِبَادِهِ وَطَيِّبَاتِ مِنَ الرِّزْقِ Say, who has prohibited, who has made haram, who has made unlawful the zina of Allah, the beautification the, you know, of, of Allah, which He has brought out for His servants, meaning brought out from the, from the earth, you know, in terms of the, the, the materials that are used to you know, make clothing. And likewise, the tayyibat, meaning the wholesome uh, things, from sustenance, from provision. Now this ayah, this was an ayah which when Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhuma, when Ali, radiallahu anhu, sent Ibn Abbas to go and debate with the Khawarij. The Khawarij, as you know, in fact the Khawarij, we can speak about them as well. Uh, the Khawarij were a people who were uh, uh, inclined towards the world, they were motivated by the world. And this was the origin of their, of their misguidance, as Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, mentions in his uh, tafsir, that the issue of the khawarij began as a matter of the dunya, a matter of the world. Right? They were, they were grieved on account of something to do with wealth. So in any case, they, as you know the story, they separated from the companions, they split off and they, you know, isolated themselves. And so Ibn Abbas was sent to go and debate with them. So when he came, to them, he came in a, a nice garment, and so they began to say, "Look at look at the way he's you know he's dressed with all of this you know luxury and beauty and whatever. And how how can this?" Per-? So Ibn Abbas's so this was before the actual arguments, right? There were three arguments. This was before that. So he mentioned this ayah to them. He said, "Qul man Allah." Say. Who's made unlawful? Who's made haram? You know, the, the, the beauty or the adornment which Allah has brought out for His servants. Right? There's nothing wrong with wearing uh, beautiful clothing and, um, you know, this, there's nothing prohibited about this at all. Likewise, the Messenger of Allah and likewise His companions would, would wear fine garments as well. So, firstly, uh, clothing... Beautiful clothing, nice clothing is not is not not prohibited. Likewise, almal wal banun, which is wealth and offspring itself, this is also zina, and this is how Allah refers to it in the Quran: almal wal banun, zina tul dunya. Wealth and offspring are from the, you know, the, the the beauty, the adornment of the world. However, wal baqiyatu salihat, khairun inda rabbika thawaba, wa khairun amala. However, good deeds and you know the, the deeds that remain, they are better in the sight of your Lord. They are better with your Lord in terms of reward. And they are better for hoping for a good outcome. So the point being that uh, these are different types of zina that have been made lawful for people to enjoy. And Allah is in fact the one who has also beautified certain things in the hearts of the people. So we go back to the ayah in Surah Ali Imran, in which Allah Azawajal, He says, uh, لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّحَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ 
والقناطير المقنطره من مقنطره من الذهب والفضه والخيل المسومه والانعام والحرف ذلك متاع الحياه الدنيا والله عنده حسن الماب beautified for people is the love of the you know the desires with respect to women and offspring and you know uh, heaped up piles of uh, gold and uh, silver and likewise brandished horses and cattle and al-harth meaning the the the, the produce you know from the land all of this is from the enjoyment of the world and with allah belongs to allah belongs the best uh, return so the scholars the mufassirun they mentioned uh, about this that it is allah azawajal who is the one who has beautified these things and he did so in order to put the people to trial to put the people to trial this we find in another ayah inna ja'alna ma 'ala al-ardi zinatan laha linabluwahum indeed we have made whatever is upon the earth as a zina as in as an adornment for it in order that we may put them to trial put them to test there are also it is also mentioned that there's another way to read the ayah instead of zuyyana lin-nas zayyana lin-nas meaning meaning that allah has beautified for the people made alluring to the people the love of desires with respect to women and offspring and so on and so forth and likewise at-tabari rahimahullah brings a statement from umar that when this ayah was revealed umar radiyallahu anhu made a remark to the effect that you know now o lord uh, it is when you meaning zayyantaha uh, lana so meaning umar is saying that you are the one who beautified them for us obviously recognizing that this is basically a test and al hasan he used to say man zayyanaha when hearing this verse who is the one who beautified it says zuyyina who is the one who beautified it and he then said ma ma ahadun ashaddu laha dhamman min khaliqiha that the same one who beautified it who beautified these things he is the same one who is most severe in rebuking these things meaning having the desire for these things so clearly these things have been made alluring and beautiful but this is for the purpose of test and for the purpose of being uh, put to trial similarly we see with respect to the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he is also being prohibited from pursuing the allure and the beauty of the world and we see in an ayah واصبر نفسك مع الذين يدعون ربهم بالغداه والعشي يريدون وجهه ولا تعد عيناك عنهم تريد زينه الحياه الدنيا ولا تطع من اغفلنا قلبه عن ذكرنا واتبع هواه وكان امره فرطا this ayah in surah al-kahf is advising the messenger of allah sallam to remain patient with those the poor people who are basically engaged in worshiping allah calling upon allah in the morning and the evening and they are seeking his face and not to turn his eyes away from them seeking the zina the the beauty of the of the world and not to obey those people whose hearts are heedless of allah's remembrance and who follow their desires and whose affair has gone into excess 
The Mufassirun explain what is meant by the zina in this ayah is the gathering of the elite, right? The gathering of the rich people, the gathering of the um, the affluent people, the notables. Do not seek the gathering of those people. Why? Because that gathering is the gathering of of glitter and pomp, and you know so on and so forth. But rather suffice yourself with those who are engaged in worship. And so, from this, we can see that it's it's a pattern that it is generally the poor people who respond to the call of the messengers. Because the poor people are not really inclined towards the world. Right? They, 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 are, they turn to their Lord because they are in need and they t- turn to their Lord for their needs. And so in general, it is generally the poor people who will respond first uh, to the messengers. And as for the rich and affluent people, they consider themselves to be self-sufficient and not in any need. And so in general, you'll see that kibber, pride, arrogance, uh, turning away from the truth, being inclined towards the world, these are the types of people who are put to trial with, you know, with, with, with uh, disbelief and shirk and so on and so forth. So here, this now is a prohibition of the Messenger of Allah to seek the glitter of the world. And what does it mean in this case? It means for the Messenger to, to go and you know, sit in the gathering of these affluent rich people who are not really interested. They're not interested in Islam and in Tawheed. Why? Because they are engrossed in their wealth. So rather than that, just be, you know, uh, have patience with those who are engaged in the worship of Allah already. And similarly, we see that the wives of the Messenger of Allah have also been, were also given an, an admonition and a choice when the messenger was informed, Ya ayyuhan nabi, qul li azwajik, O Prophet, say to your wives, In kuntunna turidna al-hayata dunya wa zinataha, fata'alayna umatti'kunna wa usarrihkunna sarahan jamila. Which means that, uh, O wives of the Prophet, say, O, uh, o Prophet, say to your wives, if you desire the life of the world and its glitter, then come, and I shall, uh, you know, make you, uh, give you uh, uh, enjoyment and let you depart with a beautiful departure. I'll, I'll let you go. And you no longer will be the, the wives of the Messenger of Allah. And if you want the world, then I, I will do that. So again, this now is a warning to the wives of the Messenger of Allah not to be inclined towards the world. And similarly, we mentioned the story of Qarun. Qarun uh, likewise, he came out amongst his people. Uh, he came out with all of his beauty and adornment, with his rich garments. And as the Mufassirun explained, he came out with uh, saffron, garments dyed with saffron. This was the first time this type of clothing was worn on the, in the world. So he came out and uh, the people saw him, were amazed by this display of his riches and they began to crave for these riches, they began to say, Ya Laytana la, Ya Laytana la, uh, Mithla Qarun. Woe be to us if only we had the likes of what Qarun was given. So, all of this is a text in the Quran which prohibit the believer from being put to trial and being inclined towards the glitter of the world which is above and beyond what has been made halal. Right? 
So it is halal to enjoy wealth. It is halal to wear nice clothing. It is halal to, you know, the, the, the mal and the banoon, your offspring, your children. All of this is halal. But there's a level that goes beyond this into what we call, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, taraf, which is affluence and abundance and luxury and all of this which then makes you neglectful of the hereafter. This is the border, this is the crossing line now where this is what the Qur'an has warned against. And not only warned against, this was the very thing for which nations were destroyed or individuals were destroyed, like Qarun for example. And as we shall see, uh, the Qur'an is very clear that it uses a very specific word, the mutrafun, you know, th- those who are indulged in luxury, in um, affluence, in abundance, and who've basically neglected the hereafter. Right? These are the people who are who are destroyed. So, once all of this is clear then, so we made this very clear now in this section, that Allah speaks of the zina, which is in the dunya, and He's warned the believer against it, and he's already made clear those things which are permissible and enjoyable from it, you know, clothing, that which is halal in food, uh, your wealth and your offspring, and things of that nature, and likewise even the fact that some things uh, uh, a person naturally has a, a desire for them, uh, but all in order to test him. And that there's a level beyond which if you go, then this now enters you into, you know, uh, the, the abundance and, and the luxury and the affluence which will lead you to destruction. So, this is what we see uh, in the Quran. So, this is what we call a taraf. A taraf refers to luxury and affluence, which is blameworthy in the Quran because it leads a person to destruction. So, for example, uh, we see here with respect to uh, we find in Surah Hud, وَاتَّبَعَ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مَا أُطْرِفُوا فِيهِ وَكَانُوا مُجْرِمِينَ So those who wronged their souls, they followed that which they were given of luxury. مَا أُطْرِفُوا Right? So Allah gave these people tremendous riches, and they were living in luxury, and that they then followed this luxury. And, you know, this led them to their oppression, and so they were crim- they became criminals in this respect. So they were destroyed as a result of that. And, again, this luxury is something that makes a person forget the hereafter. Another example here, this is in Suratul Mu'minun, uh, regarding uh, a people to whom one of the messengers was sent. وَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ مِنْ قَوْمِهِ وَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ you will find always that the mala in, in the Qur'an, in fact if you read in Surat, uh, Surat Al-Araf, beginning from around verse you know, 50 or 60 when it starts mentioning the stories of the prophets, you will see the mention of Nuh Ali Salam, Hud Ali Salam, Salih, Shu'ib, um, Musa Ali Salam. And in all of these stories, in this specific <coughs> chapter, you will see that, it, that, that when the messenger makes his call to worship Allah alone and to obey the messenger, Allah describes وَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ مِنْ قَوْمِهِ And the, the leaders or the elite or the assembly of his people. Right? So these are the, are the rich affluent people, the people who've gained the riches, the people who are the, 
the big business people, the affluent people, the you know, who are the ones who are responding and rejecting the, the, the call, rejecting the message. Why? Because they have been put to trial by way of the of the wealth. And they've wrongly believed that their wealth has given them some sort of security in this life and power in this life and the means with which to enjoy every type of enjoyment. So they are the ones who are always responding back. Right? These are the ones who always are the first people to disbelieve in the messengers. So here in this ayah, وَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ مِنْ قَوْمِهِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَكَذَّبُوا بِلِقَاءِ الْآخِرَةِ وَأَتْرَفْنَاهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا So, those from the assembly or the, you know, the, 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 um, the, the, the gathering of his people, the elite people of his people, who disbelieved, and who rejected the meeting in the hereafter, and whom we had given luxury in the life of this world. They are the ones who said, um, This is nothing but a man just like you. This man who is calling to this message, he is just like a, a, a man like you. He eats, he eats the same thing as what you are eating. And uh, and he drinks from that which you drink. Right? There's nothing special about this man. He's the same as you. So again, we can see that these people, as At-Tabari says, Rahimullah, that we opened up um, the uh, an abundant life for them, and we gave them plenty of rizq, plenty of sustenance, until they then began to look down upon the other people. Right, حَتَّى بَطَرُوا وَعَتَوْا عَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ وَكَفَرُوا Right, so they became uh, arrogant and they became uh, insolent towards their Lord and they disbelieved. And likewise, Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he mentions the point that we mentioned earlier that الْوَاقِعْ غَالِبًا The majority situation is that the one who follows the truth, they are the دُعَفَاءُ nas. It is generally the weak people, the poor people who are the followers of the, of the truth. And overwhelmingly, it is the ashraf and the kubara, the nobles and the elite of a society, and the, the, you know, the, the big ones who are the ones who uh, oppose the truth. And he mentions an ayah, وَكَذَلِكَ مَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ فِي قَرْيَةٍ مِنْ, من نَذِيرٍ إِلَّا قَالَ مُتْرَفُوهَا إِنَّا وَجَدْنَا آبَاءَنَا عَلَىٰ أُمَّةٍ وَإِنَّا عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ مُقْتَدُونَ Likewise, never did we send a messenger before you, uh, a, a warner in a city before you, except that the مُتْرَفُوهَا Meaning those living in luxury and abundance. That they are the ones who said that we found our forefathers upon a particular way, and we are going to certainly guide ourselves by then. I mean, we are rejecting your message. And we are going to stick to whatever we found our forefathers upon. And likewise, in another ayah, in Surah Saba, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا فِي قَرْيَةٍ مِّن نَذِيرٍ إِلَّا قَالَ مُتْرَفُوهَا إِنَّا بِمَا أُرْسِلْتُمْ بِهِ كَافِرُونَ We did not send to any city a warner, Except that the mutrafuha, again, those living in luxury, those given luxury, they are the ones who said, we disbelieve in whatever you have been sent with. 
And what we find is that these types of people, the mutrafun, who were given luxury, given affluence, given abundance, they are the ones who became the reason or the cause for the destruction of their people. Why? Because they, they, they hindered their own people from the truth. Because obviously they are people of affluence, people with a long reach in the society, they influence other people, and they hindered them from the message of the prophets. So they caused their destruction as well. And this is what Allah Zawajal mentions in another ayah, Surah Al-Isra, in the 17th surah, that when we desire to destroy a city, وَإِذَا أَرَضْنَا أَن نُحْلِقَ قَرْيَةً أَمَرْنَا مُطْرَفِيهَا فَفَسَقُوا فِيهَا فَحَقَّ عَلَيْهَا الْقَوْلِ فَدَّمَّرْنَاهَا تَدْمِيرًا That when we wish to destroy a city or a township, we order the mutrafiha. We order the ones who are given luxury and affluence. Meaning by way of Allah's command, which is qadari kawni, meaning by way of his qadar. He's already decreed this to happen, right? So the people who are in luxury and affluence, Allah has already decreed for them to engage in criminal acts and sinful acts and vile acts and acts of disobedience. Thereby which the the qawl, meaning the word of punishment, now becomes due upon them. And so then we destroy them with a complete destruction. So once again, look at how here, the mutrafiha, the ones who were given luxury in that particular you know, uh, city. And uh, so in these people being destroyed, there was an admonition also from those people who remained, right? So they were destroyed as an admonition for those people who remained uh, after them. Uh, we see in another ayah, حَتَّى إِذَا أَخَذْنَا مُتْرَفِيهِمْ بِالْعَذَابِ إِذَا هُمْ يَجْأَرُونَ So in this ayah, it says that when we destroyed the mutrafihim, the ones given to luxury amongst them who disbelieved and rejected the message, then those who remained, then they came to us with humble invocation. With humble invocation. So this is one of the wisdoms in Allah, in Allah destroying these types of people in a society, so that the others turn to Allah in humble invocation. Similarly, we see in the Quran, in Surah Al-Waqi'ah, when Allah Zawajal, He mentions the three types of people, you know, the people of the right, the people of the left, and he, you know, uh, the people who are the foremost in terms of the, the reward and punishment in the hereafter, it's mentioned at the beginning and also at the end. And at the end of this chapter, Allah Zawajal, He describes the reason why the people of the, uh, you know, the, the left hand, why they were destroyed. And the first reason which is given in the, in, 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 in the, in the verse, إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا قَبَلَ ذَلِكَ مُتْرَفِينَ Indeed, they, before this, they were mutrafin, meaning that they were given an abundance, affluence, luxury, which they were enjoying. And they were doing so in a manner that was not lawful for them, because they obviously they neglected the hereafter. So, the point being then, from all of this discussion, is a taraf, which is abundance and luxury <coughs> and affluence, then this was the cause, the first cause for the punishment of the people of, of the left hand, I mean the people of hellfire. 
And if Allah wanted, He could give riches and wealth to every single person, to every, every person. But then this would only result in people becoming disbelievers. So He didn't do so. Right? And this is the meaning of another ayah in Surah Al-Zukhruf. وَلَوْلَا أَنْ يَكُونَ النَّاسُ أُمَّةً وَاحِدًا Had it not been that the people might become a single nation, لَجْعَلْنَا لِمَنْ يَكْفُرُ بِالرَّحْمَانِ لِبُيُوتِهِمْ سُقَفًا مِنْ فِضَّةِ وَمَعَارِجَ عَلِيهَا يَظْحَرُونَ وَلِبُيُوتِهِمْ أَبْوَابًا وَسُرُرًا عَلِيهَا يَتَّكِئُونَ so the passage says that uh, in fact the Mufassirun explain what this means they, it means that were it not that they would all become disbelievers right had it not been for the fact that they would have all become disbelievers then we would have made for those people who disbelieve houses uh, with roofs made of silver and you know steps leading upwards and likewise doors and um, you know uh, beds or seats re- that they would recline upon this is what we would have done but this would have led the people to you know become disbelievers um, but all of this is nothing but the enjoyment of the world and the hereafter is better in the sight of your lord for the muttaqin so for all of these reasons as we've seen in these ayat Allah Zawajal has warned from being deceived by the world, by the dunya. That this is the reality of the dunya. And that's why he said, Ya Ayuhannas, inna wa'adallahi haqqa. O mankind, this is addressing the whole of mankind. Indeed, the promise of Allah is true. فَلَا تَغُرَّنَّكُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يَغُرَّنَّكُمْ بِاللَّهِ الْغَرُورِ So do not let the world, life of the world deceive you. Nor let the deceiver deceive you. Meaning here referring to Iblis. So, um, this has also been emphasized in another ayah in which Allah Zawajal, He said, Ya Yuhannas, Ya Yuhannas, Uttaku Rabbakum Wakshaw Yawman La Yajzi Walidun An Walidi An Waladi, Wala Mawludun Huwa Jazin An Walidihi Shay'a. O mankind, fear your Lord and have all, you know, fear the day on, on which a father will not be able to avail his son of anything. And nor will the offspring be able to avail his father of anything. Indeed, the promise of Allah is true. And so do not therefore let the life of the world deceive you, nor let Al-Gharur here, meaning uh, Iblis, Shaitan, let him deceive you concerning Allah. And all of this then is a warning to the people of Iman. And likewise, he also informs us that we shouldn't turn to what the disbelievers have been given of the tremendous, you know, glitter and the beauty of the world. Because what Allah intends by way of this is simply to increase his favors upon them more and more and more and more and more, so that they increase in their disbelief, they increase in their tughiyan, in their disbelief, in their transgression, and as a result of which, punishment becomes justified upon them. So in other words, these ayat are for our reflection, when we reflect upon them, and it 
they, they teach us to understand the reality of this dunya. And that what we see in the hands of the people of shirk and the people of kufr, of the tremendous riches, you see the glitter that is with them, all of the personalities that they have, you know, the, the, the very, very rich business people who deal, you know, uh, who, who, for example, uh, make billions out of the tobacco industry or out of the alcohol industry or out of the, you know, entertainment industry or out of the, all the things which are haram and which, which bring corruption and fasad and which oppress the people and steal their rights from them and harm their wealth. Right? This, it's on the back of this. That these people, the people of disbelief, that they build their tremendous riches <coughs> upon riba, upon usury, <coughs> upon interest. You know, how they, the, these private central banks, they loot entire nations. They steal the wealth of the nations by way of schemes involving riba. And they make billions out of alcohol. And they make billions out of gambling. And they make billions out of promoting, um, you know, haram relationships, right? All of this that you see around you, the people of luxury, they are those people. This, Allah has given them this. And increase them in, in the zina, in the, and, and the, you know, the uh, abundance. Why? Because, you know, he's just simply establishing the proof against them to increase them in their kufr. And so that the, 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 the qawl, the, you know, becomes established upon them. That the word of punishment becomes justified upon them, whether in this life, life or whether in the hereafter. Similarly, this is made clear in another ayah in which Allah Azawajal, He says, فَلَا تُعْجِبُكَ أَمْوَالُهُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُهُمْ إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهِ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ بِهَا فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَتَزْحَقَ أَنفُسُهُمْ وَهُمْ كَافِرُونَ So, do not let those people, their wealth and their offspring, amaze you. Don't be amazed by what they possess of their wealth and their offspring. Indeed, Allah desires to punish them by way of these things in the life of this world. These things are simply a punishment upon them in the life of this world. And so that when they depart to death, when they are in the process of dying and they depart to death, that they, that they die whilst they are disbelievers. Very, very clear. Right? That don't be amazed by, don't be stupefied by the glitter and the wealth, the tremendous, you know, the millions, the billions or the trillions that these people possess, the huge mansions that they have, the armies that they control by way of this wealth. Don't be deceived by any of this. Because this wealth and this offspring is something that Allah is going to punish them by. And He will lead them eventually to die whilst they are disbelievers. So here we are brought to a beautiful statement of Ubay bin Ka'ab radiallahu ta'ala anhu which is a beauty, beautiful uh, uh, summarization of, of everything so far. And he made this remark and he made this comment. He said, مَن لَمْ يَتَعَزَّ بِعِزَّةِ اللَّهِ تَقَطَّعَتْ نَفْسُهُ حَسَرَاتِ There's three parts to it. So the first one, any person who does not acquire honor for himself, 
through the honor of Allah, then his soul will be cut to pieces by way of hasarat, by way of regrets. He will regret, right? So meaning that any person who does not acquire honor for himself, he does not become honored, and he does not acquire dignity and honor through the honor of Allah, meaning through what Allah revealed of his message and of his you know, uh, revelation, does not acquire honor, then he is a person whose soul will become cut and you know, by way of regrets. He'll regret not becoming honorable and earning might you know, by way of what Allah revealed. Secondly, وَمَن يُتْبِعُ بَصَرَهُ فِيمَا فِي أَيْدِ النَّاسِ يَطُلْ حَزَنُهُ And as for the person who makes his eyes to follow always what is in the hands of the people, so whatever possessions people have, and he's always looking at what's in their hands, meaning that he covets what's in the hands of other people of possessions, he sees they have wealth, you know, he sees they have offspring, he sees that they have you know, mansions or houses or whatever, and he's always looking at other people, what they've got, then this person, his grief will be, will be very long. Meaning he will always be in grief. He will always be sad. The person who is like this. And as the third part, وَمَنْ ذَنَّ and whoever thinks, whoever thinks that the bounty of Allah, that the favor of Allah is in his food and in his drink and in his clothing, then his knowledge is little and his punishment has become due. So in other words, the person who thinks that his clothing which he has on, the beautiful clothing, or the, you know, pleasing food and drink that he's, that he's having, that this is from the fate of Allah. Allah has favored me. Why? Because, you know, he's given me, uh, good food, good clothing, a good abode, a good abundant, you know, good place to live in. So Allah must be favoring me. These must be the favors of Allah. And, you know, the one who thinks like this, this is a person whose knowledge is very little. And he is soon to be punished. Why is this? <coughs> it is because, the ni'mah of Allah, what is the true favor of Allah? It is iman. It is iman and taqwa and righteous actions. The one who sees, the one who praises and thanks Allah for iman and for righteous actions and for the piety which he's been inspired to and you know been bestowed with, this is the person who is truly seeing the ni'mah of Allah. Right? This is the person with ilm, with knowledge, because he knows that this, this is the true ni'mah. Why? Because this is the foundation of the true life, the everlasting life in the hereafter. But the one who's think, who thinks wrongly that because he has all of these you know, wealth and possessions and so on and so forth, that some, somehow Allah is favoring him, uh, this is a, a deceived and a misguided person. Why? Because uh, affluence and wealth, as we've seen, are simply things by which Allah puts people to trial and puts them to test. And once they go beyond what is lawful, and they enter into luxury and affluence, and they neglect the hereafter, then this person, if he continues upon this path, Allah will then eventually lead him to ruin and loss in this life and the hereafter.
So all of this, this section here now that we've looked at, uh, it basically give, it gives us a uh, an admonition regarding the world and to fear this affluence and this luxury and this abundance which is which is there in the world and to fear that it might cause you to be neglectful of the hereafter and to neglect the duty towards your Lord. And that this was the reason for the destruction of, of individuals like Qarun and likewise of, of you know tyrants like Fir'aun and likewise of nations like Ad and Thamud and Madian and other people that we should take an admonition uh, from all of this. And we can, inshallah, we can close on that note because it's time for uh, the prayer. And this kind of really brings us to the end of the chapter. There's a section right at the end. Uh, there's a number of ayat in the Quran which speaks about, um, you know, a person that it is a condition of making jihad that a person not be inclined towards the dunya. That he not be inclined towards the world. And this is a condition for striving in the path of Allah, path of Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, you know, those, those who, um, do not sell the hereafter for the world. Right? And to fight against those who sell the hereafter for the world. There's a number of ayat here, Surah Al-Nisa, and Surah Al-Tawbah. Um, uh, ya ayuhal ladhina amanu, ma lakum idha qila lakum, uh, idha qila lakum unfiru fi sabilillahi thaqaltum ilal ard, aradhitum bil hayati dunya minal akhira, fama mata'ul hayati dunya fil akhirati illa qalil. So he says, O you believe, uh, what is with you that when it is said to you, depart in the path of Allah, you become heavily attached or inclined to the world. Are you pleased with the life of the world over the hereafter? فَمَا مَتَاءُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا فِي الْآخِرَةِ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ But the life of this world in relation to the hereafter is not except very, very little. So here even uh, it's an indication that when a person uh, refrains from struggling in the path of Allah Azawajal, it's a sign that he is inclined towards the earth. So... Uh, not being inclined towards the earth is a condition, is a shart in going out in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal. So all of this then, in short, this particular passage or this particular section was about luxury and affluence. And this was after we described the reality of the world, uh, how Allah described it in the Quran as al-mata' and lahu and la'ib and so on and so forth and how he warned against love of the world. So all of this rounds off our discussion, inshallah. And the next uh, section that we're going to look at is how is the way or the the condition of a disbeliever in the life of this world? What is the hal of the disbeliever in the life of this world? And we look at that, inshallah, from the ayat in the Quran. In the next lesson, we'll conclude there for today. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa ala alihi wa sallam.